Hey, veterans. Welcome to the VA Claims Insider Podcast. We are veterans helping veterans get the VA disability rating and compensation you deserve. I'm your host, Air Force Service Disabled Veteran Brian Reese, and each week we share VA disability claim tips, tricks, strategies, and lessons learned to help you win, service connect, and get rated at the appropriate level, even if you've already filed or been denied. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode. What's going on, insiders? Brian Reese here, coming at you live from Austin, Texas. Let's talk about IBS, irritable bowel syndrome. Okay, it can be rated at zero percent, ten percent, or thirty percent. Okay, that's the highest you're going to get for irritable bowel syndrome. And by the way, IBS and GERD, gastroesophageal reflux disease, are not the same thing. They have different symptoms, okay, even though they're sort of interrelated into the gastric areas, all right, they're different ratings, okay. GERD is rated under hiatal hernia, under 38 CFR Part 4 of the Schedule for Rating Disabilities, whereas IBS is rated under irritable colon syndrome, okay. They can be rated separately. You could have a VA rating for GERD, and you could have a separate VA rating for IBS. Okay, GERD is severe heartburn, gastroesophageal reflux disease, whereas uh, IBS is irritable bowel syndrome. Okay, so let's talk about this for a second. So many veterans suffer from IBS, okay, or the symptoms associated with IBS, all right, and they're, it's uncomfortable. Goodness, nobody wants to have IBS issues, it affects all areas of your life, unfortunately, okay? And again, I mentioned that secondary service connection component because a lot of vets try to file IBS as a primary disability, seeking direct service connection, and it comes back denied. And you look at the VA's rating decision letter and what does it say, lo and behold, there's no evidence have any IBS type symptoms, no diarrhea, no headaches, no stomach issues, no chronic fatigue, no other issues related to IBS. There's no mention of it in your active duty service treatment records, denied, okay? You might not have even known you had IBS on active duty. Maybe you never went to the doctor to talk about your IBS on active duty, okay? So if there's nothing in your active duty service records um, there's are, there are ways you can fill in that gap with a DBQ, with a Nexus letter, with a buddy letter from a first-hand witness. The other thing, though, that I want you, you guys and gals to think about is maybe your IBS happened later on, right? You've been out of the service for 10 years, 20 years. Maybe your IBS was caused or made worse. Maybe it was proximately due to or aggravated by the effects of another service-connected disability. Maybe even there's an interim link to the side effects of medications you're taking to manage symptoms 
of another disability that's already service connected. Guess what? It's eligible to be connected that way under the law, okay? So what the heck is IBS? Let's talk about it. It's very common. I did a whole bunch of research for today's live. Um, IBS is an extremely common disorder that affects many Americans, but also a lot of veterans. It affects your large intestines. The main symptoms of IBS, cramping, bloating, gas, stomach pain, diarrhea, constipation. Okay, those seem to be the, the general symptoms that most veterans report. Um, and by the way, IBS is a chronic disability, meaning it can occur over long, long, long periods of time. Um, the good news is it can sometimes be successfully treated with medications and your symptoms may be able to be managed by things such as diet, exercise, reducing stress. There could be some hormonal issues, okay? And perhaps your IBS is due to the side effects of those medications you're taking. Okay, now I wanna talk about men and women for a second. This is crazy. According to medical research, women, women are twice as likely to X to have IBS than men, okay? And we don't know exactly why. There's no direct causal relationship, but medical professionals think that it might have to do with hormonal changes, right? Um, but that's something to keep in mind, especially if you're a female veteran, okay? Um, now, again, I wanted to, we talked about secondary service connection in the elements there. So if you're trying to connect IBS secondary to something else, maybe it's IBS secondary to PTSD, IBS secondary to migraines, IBS secondary to whatever, right? You have to still have a medical diagnosis of IBS, okay? You've already got the other disability service connected, so that satisf satisfies part two under the law. And then part three is there must be medical nexus evidence connecting the two, okay? That's where a lot of vets go wrong, okay? Medical nexus evidence that connect the IBS secondary to another service-connected disability. Okay, that's where the medical nexus letter comes in, okay? So we talked about the symptoms, abdominal pain, cramping, bloating, gas, diarrhea, constipation. Sometimes you may even have mucus or bloody stools. Um, if you've got this stuff going on, by the way, please pick up the phone and call your doctor, okay? Because I am not a doctor, <laughs> right? I'm not a VA accredited attorney. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a VSO. I'm not associated with the VA in any way. Okay, this video and its contents are for educational and informational purposes only. Please do not ever use what we're talking about today um, as medical or legal advice because it isn't. Okay, it is not medical or legal advice. Okay, but a lot of vets want to know is IBS a VA disability? Absolutely, it is. Okay, IBS is eligible. Um, under the law, just like a whole host of, of other disability conditions, it can be rated at 0%, 10%, or 30%. Okay, and by the way, if you're looking or you want to check this out when we're done, you can go to 38 CFR, Part 4, the Schedule for Rating Disabilities. It's listed under Diagnostic Code 7319, okay, which is Irritable Colon Syndrome, okay? 
that's how the VA rates IBS. 7319 irritable colon syndrome, okay? Now, this is what a lot of vets wanna know is, okay, Brian, I'm, I'm service connected for IBS, but I'm only at zero, right? Or I'm service connected for IBS, but I'm only at 10, right? How do I qualify for the higher rating of the law? All VA disability ratings, once you have a diagnosis, once you can prove service connection under the law, regardless of the service connection method of how you get there, okay? Then the final rating always comes down to symptoms. Severity of symptoms. Now, when I talk about severity of symptoms or severity of IBS or severity of sleep apnea or severity of PTSD, it comes down to frequency, severity, duration. Okay, remember those terms, frequency, severity, duration. The more severe your symptoms, the higher the VA rating, okay? So let's talk about the, the zero, the 10, and the 30, okay? I wanna read these. I'm gonna pull them up on the screen here just so that I don't miss a, a keyword, okay? But let's start at the bottom. So let's talk about the 0% rating for IBS. It's listed under the law as mild, Disturbances of bowel function with occasional episodes of abdominal distress, okay? So again, what jumps out at you? Mild, mild disturbances of bowel function with occasional episodes of abdominal distress. That means you don't have much going on. Abdominal distress, by the way, means stomach pain, right? It means you don't really have symptoms, right? Maybe they come and go. Maybe they're managed continually with the use of medication, okay? Now let's jump up to the 10%, okay? We see the word moderate introduced. Mild moves to moderate. And it's frequent episodes of bowel disturbance with abdominal distress, AKA stomach pain, cramping, bloating, Okay, that's the 10% rating, moderate, with frequent episodes of bowel disturbances with abdominal distress, aka pain. And then finally, at the highest scheduler rating on the law for IBS is the 30% rating, and the diagnostic criteria lists severe, okay, diarrhea, or alternating diarrhea and constipation with more or less constant abdominal distress. Okay, that means you got a lot going on, right? You got a lot of cramping, a lot of bloating. It's happening a lot. And you've got severe diarrhea and or constipation alternating the vicious circle. Okay, you may or may not have to take medications, okay? So again, we covered the 0%, the 10%, and the 30% rating for IBS. And we talked about the difference, though, about GERD. GERD and IBS are not the same thing. They're two separate conditions. Now, some of the symptoms might be interrelated, okay? But as long as you can explain and differentiate the symptoms attributable to each, you're eligible for both conditions under the law. So for example, you could be rated at 60% for GERD, secondary to your migraines, 
And you could also be rated at 30% for IBS, secondary to your migraines. And maybe the GERD and the IBS are approximately due to the result of or were aggravated by the medications that you're taking for your migraine headaches, okay? Again, anything dealing with gastric issues, right? Abdominal issues. If you're taking medications to manage issues with service-connected disabilities, very, very commonly linked, gang, that those medications can aggravate, exacerbate the conditions, the symptoms of GERD and IBS. And aggravation is an essential component of secondary service connection under the law, okay? All right, so we talked about that. We talked about IBS. Um, by the way, IBS can be secondary to PTSD, right? Very common. Um, SSRIs, so maybe you're taking antidepressants, um, maybe you're taking anti-seizure medications, there's a bunch of those out there. But if you're taking mental health medications, a lot of the side effects of those are headaches, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, constipation, right? So perhaps that's your link, um, if you believe, right, legally, morally, ethically, medically, that your IBS is proximately due to or the result of or is aggravated by the service-connected PTSD or mental health condition. Okay, again though, what you're gonna wanna make dang sure that you do, I think, again, this is my opinion, is that you need to get a medical nexus letter from a qualified medical professional because you need medical nexus evidence to connect the secondary condition with the primary condition, okay? If you can't show that link, the causal link, aggravated link, if you can't show that through medical research, you're probably gonna get denied service connection, right? And the VA is gonna say, there's, there's no nexus, there's no logical link or connection between this condition and this condition, okay? Medical nexus, evidence is key, which leads me to another, another conclusion. VA disability claims come down to medical evidence. I don't care who tells you any different. If somebody tells you that that's not true, they're feeding you a line of BS. Okay? And I, I ain't ever going to BS you. I'm always going to give you the truth. I'm going to back it up with the facts. I'm going to back it up with the cutting edge case law, which by the way, there was a court of federal claims case, okay? Claims, uh, all the way up to the, some of the highest courts, not to the BVA, okay, but to the courts. And it confirmed that a secondary service connection linkage due to side effects of medication on an issue of aggravation is enough to establish connection, right? It's enough to establish service connection under the law. Absolutely crucial. And by the way, speaking of that case, that was actually just decided, um, I think two or three weeks ago, end of February, 2020. Um, it's, I think it's Walsh versus Wilkins. You might wanna go out and, and take a look at that. Um, 
and read that case decision because it's an interesting one. Um, if you're a nerd like me, you, you read case law. Um, the other thing that I want to highlight is there was a BBA case decision from 2016 that I highlighted in uh, a recent blog post. Okay, A veteran was granted secondary service connection for IBS, okay, which was approximately due to the result of the medication side effects that the veteran was taking to manage the symptoms associated with their other service-connected disabilities. Now, let me read, I'm gonna just read this. Okay, I'm gonna pull it up on the screen, I wanna read this, because I think that the decision is important as we talk through this, okay? So here's what the actual decision said. So again, this veteran uh, was, was up against the BVA, okay? So they were at the BVA, and this was the case decision after oral arguments of service connection for IBS, okay, secondary to other service connected disabilities due to side effects of medication. The veteran had gone through a CNP exam. Um, parts of the CNP exam were unfavorable, although the veteran had a favorable nexus opinion, okay? So this is super interesting. There is an approximate balance of favorable and unfavorable evidence. Okay, when that happens, by the way, guess who the tie goes to? The veteran, okay? Tie goes to the veteran in all of those situations. Benefit of the doubt doctrine applies. There is an approximate balance of favorable and unfavorable evidence as to whether the veteran has IBS approximately due to or the result of pain medications from his service-connected hiatal hernia, thoracolumbar spine, cervical spine, migraine headaches, bilateral hip, bilateral shoulder, bilateral knee. The guy connected it to all of them, okay? Which you can, you don't have to. You may just want to choose one and done, but this veteran thought they were due to all, right? Maybe it was the same medication. The court further went on to say, the judge says, resolving all reasonable doubt in his favor. Also known as the benefit of the doubt doctrine, tie goes to the runner. The veteran has IBS secondary to medication from his service-connected disabilities, right? That was the interim link that was enough to grant secondary service connection. Absolutely crucial, okay? Absolutely crucial. All right. We talked a lot about IBS. Uh, again, another digestive issue. Um, IBS is a, a high-value claim. A lot of vets are, are entitled to and are eligible for the 30% rating under the law. Now, you might not be. Right? You might only be eligible at 10. You might only be eligible at zero. Okay? But I do think it's important that regardless of what your symptoms are today, you go ahead and get your IBS service connected in case it gets worse, right? Because if it gets worse, you're not going to want to worry 20 years from now, oh, crap, I, I never filed it. I never got it connected, okay? Chances are it's going to be harder for you to service connect it at a later date, okay? Again, you guys need some help. If you're stuck, if you're frustrated, if you're underrated, if you need more medical evidence to prove your condition, to try to prove service connection under the law, okay? if you want to take advantage of our educational resources inside of our elite membership program, okay, over $13,000 worth of value that you get for free upfront 
and you only pay your membership dues at the end of the program if and only if the resources helped you. There's literally no risk to you. The, the risk to you is you, you don't take action, you don't get the results, right? Okay, maybe, maybe the risk is you lost some time, okay? Um, the independent medical professionals at extreme discounts, that's gonna cost you a little bit out of pocket. That doesn't go to us, that pays to them directly, okay? But your risk is extremely low for a potential reward that you're due, owed, deserving of by law, okay? Again, we, we welcome you into our community with open arms. You're gonna to get to speak to me. You're gonna see my smiling face. You're gonna see me say boom, okay? We're gonna walk this journey together. Veterans helping veterans all over the world to get the VA disability rating and compensation you deserve. Nothing more, nothing less, okay? Again, there's a link here. You can start today for free. It's a three-step intake at VA Claims Insider Elite. Com. If you're watching on YouTube later and recording on Facebook, you'll see it displayed across the bottom. Okay, you'll have to open up a web browser and type in VAClaimsInsiderElite.com. You're very welcome, Jeff. Love you, brother. All right, I'm going to take some questions. All right, I know uh, a lot of you guys are already asking questions. That's fantastic. Thank you to my team, by the way, um, who's helping answer in the chat. Um, I'm going to stick around here for a few minutes. So if you've got something, ask it, um, and I will do my dangdest to help you out. Okay. <clears throat> if you are awarded SSD, somatic symptom disorder, is that static or is it only static if you're PNT? So technically, you can have a disability that's rated um, permanent, okay, and, and you're not PNT if the VA determines that it's not likely to improve. Chances are, again, I don't know your situation, Tim, but typically the only time a disability will be deemed static, right, meaning it's not gonna change, is once you're rated 100% PNT, the VA can never lower your rating, okay? But that's not to say that a condition isn't static, meaning it's not getting better. Maybe it's not getting worse, but it's not getting better. And typically, after it's static for a certain period of time, the VA is not going to lower that rating. Okay, I think that's probably what you're asking. <clears throat> um, Holly says, my husband has his interview with the VA on the 20th. I don't think he put on IBS. I mentioned his stomach issues. I don't think he thought his meds or headaches were connected to it. Um, you absolutely can still add it, Holly. The, the risk is if you make changes now, okay, you cannot have more than one claim open at any one time. So if you open a new claim and your husband still has this other claim going and he's, he's got his appointment in nine days, the risk is they're then going to combine the two and it can delay the claim. Okay, so it's totally up to you, though. Um, you may want to just let this other claim uh, finish out and then decide if you're going to go back and, and open another one, right? You can always start over um, and add secondary IBS or secondary migraines later, okay? Um, and that might actually be a good strategy because it'll give you time to go out and either get more medical evidence, 
maybe you need a medical nexus letter connecting the two. Um, that's something to think about, okay? I also, okay, so TC says, I filed for GERD on my e-benefits page. It says not service-connected, but it also says related to environmental hazard and Gulf War. Yeah, we'll talk about that for a minute. My doctor is treating me for GERD and IBS. If it's related to the Gulf War, why is it not service-connected? That's a very good point, TC. It should be. So there's a whole bunch of presumptive conditions, presumptive conditions connecting to vets who served in the Gulf War from 1990 into the present day, okay? I think it's called the Southwest uh, Pacific region, the Southwest Asia Pacific region. There's a bunch of bases listed. Um, and essentially, Gulf War syndrome is something that we really don't know what it is. What we do know is we've done all this medical research and analysis and all these studies, and we know that about 35% of veterans who served in the Gulf War during these certain periods of time have these unexplained illnesses, chronic fatigue syndrome, diarrhea, bloating, headaches, fibromyalgia. There's a, a whole bunch of things. Um, chronic pain. There's, there's a bunch of strange, unexplainable medical conditions that have happened to veterans who served during this period of time, 1990 through present day, in these specific areas highlighted on the VA's website related to the Southwest Asia Pacific Theater. Okay. Now, what a lot of vets always confuse is Gulf War syndrome cannot be rated on its own. Okay. You can't file a claim for Gulf War syndrome and say, I've got Gulf War syndrome. I think I should have 50%. It's not going to happen. What, it, what can happen is if you have an unexplainable illness or condition that you believe is linked to your service in the Gulf, okay? What's covered is the Gulf War syndrome is the link to establish service connection as long as there's functional impairment or loss, okay? Meaning the Gulf War syndrome is connected to a different service-connected disability that is eligible for a rating under the law. So TC, this could be, um, a situation where, you know, maybe you filed GERD secondary to, to Gulf War syndrome and the VA said, no, you know, you either didn't serve or, you know, GERD is not an unexplained illness due to Gulf War syndrome. Who knows what the situation is? I don't know if you had a medical nexus letter or not in your case, um, but if you didn't have one, you probably need one. Um, Gulf War syndrome claims, by the way, are very commonly denied mainly because nobody knows what it is. We don't know what it is. We don't know how it relates. So if we don't understand something, we just deny it. <laughs> we get scared, right? Um, <clears throat> got a decision for IBS and GERD. They combined both at 30. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I don't know why they would have uh, combined IBS and GERD. It could be that they believed that the symptoms were too related, right? And that they weren't able to differentiate 
what part of your symptomatology or impairment, your disability was due to each condition, okay? And if they don't know, they'll combine them, okay? Because they're worried about pyramiding under the law, okay? Christopher asks, what is the qualification for 30% for GERD? I've got a great blog post out there. That's probably the easiest one. If you type, uh, go to open up a Google browser and type GERD VA rating. I think we're <clears throat> the second or third hit. There's a great piece there. Alexander says, great information, Brian. Thank you. You're very welcome. IBS presumptive to golf. Yep. Got it. I don't know if you had a medical nexus letter, but you probably should get one now. Um, thank you. Yep. We got team members posting stuff. Holy crap. There's, you guys are nuts, man. So many questions. Um, appreciate all the help and, and all the positivity, man. We, we do this together live and in community. Uh, what about Meniere's linked to golf war? No known ideology. Yeah. It's possible, right? I mean, if, if you've got an unexplained illness, you served in the Gulf War period, it's causing functional impairment or economic loss, get a nexus letter. Um, the other thing that I recommend all vets do, by the way, um, and I'll shift gears just for a second and talk about burn pit exposure, okay? There is a burn pit registry um, I've gone through the, the registry myself. It, it takes about half an hour. There's a whole bunch of questions that it asks, but I recommend going through that. <clears throat> Get yourself listed on the burn pit registry, because I'm telling you, there's going to be a day. There's going to be a day. It's, it's already happening, right? Unexplained illnesses, cancers, diseases, respiratory issues, and the cause, the origin is unexplainable. And I believe that there's gonna be a ton of legislation passed in the future about burn pit exposure. Iraq, Afghanistan, Desert Storm, Desert Shield, any place you served overseas, if people were burning trash, if there were open coupons, hazards in the air, you were exposed to chemicals and toxins, and stuff was being burned. I believe burn pit exposure illnesses is the agent orange of my generation, okay? Agent orange to the Vietnam vets, Gulf War syndrome to the Desert Storm vets, burn pits to the Iraq Afghanistan vets, Get yourself listed on the registry, okay? Get listed on the registry. Be honest, open, and vulnerable on that questionnaire. Um, I think it's important as well that we as vets, we're also arming the VA with the information that they need, right? So that our VSO organizations who, who lobby on the Hill for us all the time for vets, they're pushing these bills, right? Blue water, Navy vets, right? Um, more presumptive issues for Agent Orange exposure, burn pit exposure. This is how stuff gets done, right? But we've got to help them. And so I'm calling on y'all to Google 
burn pit exposure registry and sign up, all right? Let's arm them with the information that they need so they can tell the lawmakers the story and the lawmakers can pass bills to protect disabled veterans and their families, okay? We've, we've got a responsibility here, gang, as fellow vets, okay? I love you guys. Y'all sending hearts, loves, thumbs up. Um, awesome. Don't forget DS vets. Do you mean Desert Storm, Desert Shield? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's there were burn pits there too. Absolutely. Yeah, sorry, I didn't I didn't mean to uh, to not include you guys. Okay. Uh, again, you guys are awesome. I love you, fellow insiders. Thank you for your service, your sacrifice to our nation. Um, I, I know what you did, right? I did it too. You raised your right hand and you said, I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States from all enemies, foreign and domestic. I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, right? And I take this obligation freely without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion, right? And that I will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office upon which I am about to enter. So help me God. I had to memorize that as a young lieutenant, okay? But that's, that's what we did. We raised our hand and said, who will go? I will go. I will stand up and defend, and it may mean my life. And some did give their life, right? Some of them were my friends. Some of them were my classmates, right? I had a classmate uh, of mine who, uh, he was in one of my management groups, um, in college. And uh, Joe Helton, right, if you want to look him up, his name is Joe Helton. Um, great dude. What a great guy. Unbelievable human being. Uh, was serving an extra mission and, and got blown up by an IED. And, uh, you know, he paid the ultimate price. And so those are the things that I think about a lot, is those who gave the ultimate sacrifice um, in the service of our nation for us to defend freedom, and especially all of us who are still here, who remember them, who carry on their legacy, who fight for what's right, okay? That's what we're doing. That's what this movement is all about, okay? Whether you served one day or 40 years, I really don't care. You are eligible for benefits under the law because you raised your hand, you took that oath. You said that you would do it and you were injured or disabled from service, okay? So don't ever let somebody say you don't deserve it because you do deserve it, okay? You do deserve it. All right, gang. I love you all so much. Thanks for being here. Uh, we'll be back again next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Central. And by the way, we're going live almost every friggin' day of the week on this page. Some teammate, whether it's on the medical side, the veteran coach side, educational resource side, the sales and marketing side, we're going live every day of the week for you, okay, to bring you the information that you need so that you can be educated and put your best foot forward in this fight, okay? Again, Brian Reese here, the VA Claims Insider, Air Force Service Stable Vet. I'm out from Austin, Texas. I love you guys. Thank you. Thank you. We're truly blessed to serve you. We'll talk to you soon.